Hello everyone and welcome to That's the Hattrick. I'm your host Aditya Rao and this is episode 4. Uh, we just witnessed the first game week of the Champions League. Of course, a month longer because of the month longer we had to wait for the start of the Champions League. Mostly because of what happened last season with COVID and project restart in many leagues. Serie A, Premier League for example, getting over a week later. Uh, you know, the, the French League being called off and uh, just trying to figure out protocols uh, for, for, you know, this, this competition where so much is at stake for every club. Bayern Munich last season, the outright uh, sort of dominating force uh, uh, in, in the Champions League and in just in Europe as general as, you know, they dominated well in, in the Bundesliga as you'd expect them to, but the way they brushed aside the likes of Barcelona and then PSG in the final uh, and to think the kind of teams that they played to, to get to that final and the, the, the convincing nature of their wins, they do look like, uh, look like a super team in the making and the job that Hansi Flick has done, uh, you know, having been an assistant and, you know, a player with the team, it, it feels like Bayern Munich just runs through his veins 24-7. So it's great if you're a Bayern Munich fan at the moment and just to go on with that, the Champions League, uh, you know, sort of got underway and there were some really surprising results, some really great results for a couple of away teams who were probably meant to be, uh, you know, underdogs uh, and, not, and not in favour. And we're going to start off with that. We're going to start off with our uh, Champions League and Europa League roundup. So initially, I want to talk about the Champions League and there were some big results there as well. I want to start off with uh, Lazio Dortmund. So Erling Haaland scored again for uh, Borussia Dortmund, but it was not to be. Chiro Immobile amongst the goals as Lazio won 3-1 against Dortmund. Some defensive frailties there. Yes, there were some positives the way Giovanni Reina and Haaland combined and connected on some plays and, and you know of course Reina assisted uh, Haaland for the only goal for Dortmund but just at home you know there was an own goal as well uh, gifted to Lazio in the game so overall not the defensive performance that Borussia Dortmund would have wanted. Chelsea Sevilla nil-nil pretty entertaining game uh, you know of course the big news from Chelsea over the week uh, right after the weekend was that Petr Cech had been included you know, out of retirement, uh, you know, in, into the Chelsea's 25-man Premier League squad. Um, of course, Mendy made his first start and uh, Chelsea get, kept a clean sheet. Bancho went among, amongst those who had a decent game as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, Sevilla picking up points, uh, a point to start off their campaign uh, at Stamford Bridge. Barcelona and Ferenc Varos, Hungarian opponents, uh, didn't put up too much of a fight against Barcelona. Of course, just the, the sheer power uh, and the, the weapons that uh, the Barcelona front three has, even in the absence of Luis Suarez, uh, just, just was just too overpowering for them. And despite the fact that Barcelona played to 10 men for, uh, you know, nearly a half of the second half um, as well. So it, it was a great result for them, but uh, I will come to that in a bit more detail and, and you know, where Barcelona probably could have done, done better defensively. Salzburg at Lokomotiv Moscow played out a, an entertaining draw. Salzburg went ahead 2-1 through a deflected goal just before halftime. But Lokomotiv Moscow grabbing the equalizer and a crucial point in, the first, uh, in their first away match day in Germany. Probably the most surprising result of the week so far was Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, which will be our main story of this week. But Shakhtar Donetsk scoring three goals 
in in Madrid and Zinedine uh, Zidane. Well, Real Madrid were you know picked to sort of dominate La Liga and was this the year where they're supposed to start being a force in the Champions League? Well, they've they've hit a road bump straight away in match week one with that with that loss and and the reality of the loss, the the way in which they lost was just uh, you know so many chances gifted to the opponent uh, and and very much a lot of defensive frailties being exposed in that game, which I will come to. Uh, Liverpool winning away at Ajax, Nicolas Tagliafico with an own goal, uh, and of course you know Liverpool have lost Van Dijk for. Uh, a long time, and, and, and there were some reports saying that his injury, uh, his ACL injury, was worse than previously imagined. And uh, obviously, in the absence, you know, uh, they still have a solid defensive pairing of uh, Joey Gomez, and I imagine Joe Matip will be there for the long run. Uh, but uh, to win at Ajax, Ajax is never an easy place to go to uh, to win a football game, and uh, they they've, they've got their they got their win. And it was a fairly competitive game from both sides, and uh, I'm sure Jurgen Klopp would be happy to get this Champions League campaign underway with with a win. Uh, 33 miles west, uh, sorry, east of Anfield, uh, the Etihad Stadium, Manchester City. They won 3-1 at home against Porto. Sergio Aguero scoring a penalty in Kaigundo again, also among the goals. And uh, yeah, well. We expected Man City to, to win that game, but it's it has been a season where you know these sort of shocks can occur. I was talking about Shakhtar Donetsk earlier, but also just in the Premier League and La Liga with Cadiz beating Real and Getafe losing to Barcelona, so you, uh, winning against Barcelona. So you never know what you can expect, but no shockers on this one. Uh, Michelin losing 4-0 against a very bright Atalanta side. Olympiacos beating Marseille. Uh, Inter and Bjorn Gladbach playing a, a really end-to-end two-all draw. Romelu Lukaku has been on fire for both country and club and a couple of big goals from him, especially the equalizer in the 90th minute when they were down 2-1 to sort of restore a point uh, for Inter. But them being at home, you, you the fans would probably expect them to win the game, but it wasn't to be so. Bayern Munich absolutely wrecking Atletico Madrid at home 4-0. What a scoreline. Hansi Flick, I was just talking about him earlier. And the job he's done at Bayern Munich is just sensational. I mean, this is Atletico Madrid. This is a team with a resolute defense. They They have a manager who knows how to play a game plan. Well, just look back at Liverpool last year, that that second leg in Anfield when they won an extra time. They had some luck go their way, but the way they executed the, the defensive plan against that Liverpool team and that resolute Liverpool team, which ended up winning the Premier League, and to this performance, there's a lot of different. There's a lot of you know. I I can't even tell you if it's the same team. So I mean, well, they are up against the best team in Europe right now, unarguably in Bayern Munich. But to concede four goals, well, do you tip your hat off to Hansi or do you say, well, Diego Simeone got probably got it wrong here, there, here, there. So we'll come to that, but what a result for Bayern Munich in their defense of the Champions League from last season. And that was the Champions League uh, roundup. And now we'll go to the Europa League, where, uh, you know, Leverkusen scoring six against French opposition. Nice, uh, some really fantastic attacking play from Leverkusen in that game. Napoli losing at home to AZ Alkmaar. Uh, 
probably one of the shockers in the Europa League. Benfica winning 4-2 away. Arsenal winning against Rapid Vienna. Pierre Aubameyang, Emmerich Aubameyang among, among the goals there. Roma edging young boys uh, of Bern. We did also see uh, probably the biggest result in the Europa League was the 3-1 win for AC Milan against Celtic. Uh, really good performance overall for Milan in Glasgow to get the three points on the opening day. Uh, Dinamo Zagreb and Feyenoord, who were with 10 men, playing out a nil-nil draw. Wolfsburg and Seska Moscow drawing 1-1. Northern rivals of Arsenal, Tottenham easily beating LASK 3-0. Lucas Mora and Heung-Ming uh, Song getting the goals. I mean, Heung-Ming Song has been amazing form this season. And uh, this is just another uh, sort of accolade you can add to him. That performance was very good. Villarreal and Sivaspor, uh, Turkey, Turkish opposition for Villarreal. And what a shootout that was, 5-3. Uh, and finally, Leicester City easily beating Ukrainian Zoya Lohansk at the King Power Stadium. So as far as the Europa League goes, probably the biggest story was, you know, from Arsenal, uh, you know, uh, obviously leaving Mesut Ozil out of the 25-man Premier League squad. There was, a, there, there was a time when Arsenal were, you know, sort of struggling with, with the COVID epidemic and uh, not, not necessarily directly, but financially, uh, because, of course, the season ticket at the Emirates Stadium is the most expensive season ticket in European football. And uh, it's, it's a big source of revenue for the club. You know, they had to... They had to furlough a lot of stuff, they made a job, a lot of jobs redundant and as you know, as you may, may have heard, they even fired their mascot Gunnasaurus, uh, to which Mesedos actually, you know, uh, sort of tried to, to, to pay for. But I just feel like the, the way they've been treating um, Mesedos as a player is just not right. I mean, he's been there since 2013, everybody remembers his first game at the Emirates Stadium where he assisted. Uh, three goals, you know, and he was it, the form he showed for Real Madrid. Obviously, in the last couple of years, and so it's tipped, it's it's tipped downward, and he's he's always been he's become a more of a squad player, and you know to think the Mesodozo, the the World Cup winning Mesodozo, the the Champions League uh, the Champions League workhorse with Real Madrid, and you know the La Liga winning Mesodozo, uh, it's it's a different player now. But, but to still be left out of that 25-man Arsenal team. And I, and, and I always ask myself this. Is, you know, it, it's not the same Mesut Ozil, but Arsenal. That Mesut Ozil would, would get into that Arsenal team easily. Even, and, and, and just the experience he brings in, uh, you know, even when he's on the subs bench or, you know, in the dressing room. Uh, of course, to have him is one thing, but... The, the sort of focus he still showed, uh, you know, in his social media posts after that, where he said, I will, I will still show the love to the club and I will still give everything back. But it just, it, it, it doesn't seem fair on Mesut Ozil. Uh, but it is, it is what it is. And, you know, Arsenal have made that decision. It's a big decision by Mikel Arteta. So, well, those were the results in the Europa League. And, of course, the Mesut Ozil story. And, uh... Uh, great starts for Benfica, Leverkusen, uh, Roma, and uh, as with Lille as well, winning 4-1 against uh, Sparta Prague, as well as AC Milan with the biggest win at Celtic Glasgow. But we'll go back to the Champions League now, and 
the, the probably the, the biggest result I want to start with is Bayern Munich Atletico and Kingsley Coman, you know, he was saying that he had, he had this really terrible injury and he was also contemplating retiring, uh, you, you know, at a time when he was, you know, he was out for long, lengthy periods, you know, we, we see it with, with Usman Dembele and, you know, the sort of uh, breaks in his, uh, you know, you know, he's there for a couple of weeks and then he gets injured for really long. And there was a spell for Kingsley Coman where, you know, you, he, he himself said that he, he was on the cusp of retiring and leaving, leaving Bayern Munich, leaving football, in fact. And to see him where he is right now is just phenomenal. That first goal against Atletico Madrid was superb. The ball from Joshua Kimmich, of course. Joshua Kimmich is, 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 such, a good, is such a good midfielder. Uh, he, he's, he's a sort of utility player. You can play him anywhere. It's a right back. He puts in really good crosses. That floated ball for the first goal uh, of Kingsley Coman was just brilliant. Uh, and it's, it's, it's just great to see that Bayern midfield, actually. You know, th- there's some really big, big experienced players there. You know, Joshua Kimmich himself is sort of like a mind. Uh, a very is very steady mind. He's sort of like the... The central engine of the team, and then you look at Goretzka. Goretzka just brushed people off. Great box-to-box midfielder. He was among the goals as well. Uh, that second goal, uh, which was really great, great play by Bayern Munich again. Robert Lewandowski didn't even score, and they scored four goals. Uh, Kings Nicomán scoring another one in the second half in Toliso as well. So what a clinical performance by Bayern Munich against high-quality opposition. And now I want to focus on Atletico Madrid for a second because their lineup. I mean, they started with Felix and. And uh, Suarez, but I do feel like Felix, you know, the, the his honeymoon period as a player, he, he they did pay a lot of money for him, Atletico Madrid, but his honeymoon period as a player is sort of coming to an end. 100 million, 120 million, or whatever they paid for him. So he's going to start showing a bit more desire. Go back to that first goal that that uh, Kimish showed more desire to win the ball and then assist uh, Kingsley Coma. But you know, he, he was just brushed off there. And it's sort, of, it's sort of like a direct error leading to a goal from Josh, uh, from Joao Felix. So I, I, I do feel like there, there's something that, you know, that, that he needs to show a little bit more of a spring in his step. And at Atletico midfield, you know, you have Koke, you have Hector Herrera, who are both really good players. Carrasco has been there for a while, Marcos Urente. You know what? A, what an injection of pace he brings in, and that back four is always very, uh, you know, solid. So was this a day off? You know, I mean, Jan Oblak's goal was being peppered yesterday with shots. So um, it's it's a it's a it's a great time to be a Bayern Munich fan, and you know, Hansi Flick and his record is is just absolutely brilliant right now. Um, and obviously, it's a big setback for Atletico on the first week, first match day of the Champions League to have to lose like that. Of course, it's a very tiring proposition. Just think about it to go up against Bayern Munich in in Munich, um, but it, they weren't expecting to get turned over like that. So, full props to Bayern Munich for doing that. And I want to move on to Real Madrid because that was the shock of the week. What a uh, what a result for Shakhtar Donetsk! That first half performance was absolutely sublime. Uh, Tete. Uh, scoring the first goal, uh, it was a well-taken goal as well, and then a Rafael Varane own goal, and then Solomon with another 
brilliant finish to make it three nil at the at half time. I want I I wouldn't want to be a hundred player in that dressing room. And then the second half comeback though was was there from Madrid. You know you started with that belter from Modric uh, from outside the box, and then Vinicius Junior. Literally, he's probably one of the few first touches. You know, within ten seconds or twenty seconds of coming on, and within the first minute he was he was on the score sheet. Brought them back three two. And then you had that late, late goal uh, ruled out for Madrid by VAR because of a man in offside position. Just overall, it didn't go Madrid's way. I mean, they did have you know most of the ball as you'd expect. They had twice the number of shots in goal. Uh, but I mean, I just look at I just look at that Madrid team, and you know they have lost eight of their in the last eight games. They've lost seven. Without Sergio Ramos, and you start to think, you know, Sergio Ramos is, of course, he's a massive, you know, has a massive present presence, you know, just as a leader, and you know, the, his heading ability, the way he can spray the ball out wide to the wingers, he he can always go up front and like be an attacking force as well. And to not have that, obviously, is a big miss. But I look at the center backs they do have: Edward Militao and Rafael Varane are both very competent. Uh, Rafael Varane is a World Cup winning center back. You know, he's Easily worth 80 to 100 million uh, in in any you know transfer market environment, and he's probably one of the most wanted defenders in 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 Europe. You know, uh, if any team could afford him. But then I, I used, the performance yesterday was very mind-boggling for me. You know that own goal. Uh, it's as though he you know that it was a it was a hard hard. Obviously, if he hadn't got the touch on the ball, I feel like the Shakhtar striker would have scored. But just to be in that position and you know sort of make that mistake sort of calls up like unwanted criticism towards you uh, as is happening around right now. And just at Madrid midfield yesterday, I mean, I I was really surprised when Tony Tony Cruz wasn't started. He was obviously brought on the second half. But again, Tony Cruz is a leader, right? He's a you know he he's great at passing the ball. He's he's very uh, disciplined. Of course, you have that in Casemiro, but I just feel like. For a long time in the first half, and then for some part in the second half, Valverde was missing. Obviously, Modric got that uh, very, very important goal that got them back in the contest to make it three-one. But also that front three. I mean, Asensio was Asensio was was in and out a few times. Jovic was subbed. Rodrigo was subbed, and then you see what Vinicius Junior did. Benzema. I feel like Zidane does need to start Benzema. Uh, should have started Benzema in this previous game, but just that midfield and defense, you know, the the pace of Shakhtar Donetsk on the counter attack, you know, Solomon, Tete, and Detinio were absolutely decimating them in that first half. Uh, the creative creativity of Maicon, and then you, the, it's it's very it's it's a very very positive result for Shakhtar Donetsk to to go to uh, you know Madrid. Of course, it was not in in the Bernabeu, but. Castro, the manager of Shakhtar Donetsk, would be very, very happy with that result. Moving on to PSG versus Man United. Uh, PSG losing 2-1 at home. And this the scoreline sort of, weirdly enough, like, you know, the scoreline doesn't probably talk about the whole game in general because Manchester United were absolutely all over Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, and I, I, Thomas Tuchel's been... Out, outdone twice by Solskjaer now at home, so I mean he he looked a furious man on the bench, and there were a couple of reasons why 
because you just didn't look on the base. You know, I I look back to I mean I look at Scott McTominay for example, first 30 minutes of the game, um, you saw him sort of mark Neymar. You know they. They conceded a lot of fouls, man. You know, it sort of tripped up the momentum that PSG were trying to build on the counter attack with Mbappe, Neymar, and Di Maria. That front three, which is one of the best in Europe uh, right now, which took them to the, the Champions League final last year. And you know, I remember that one game at Manchester United versus Chelsea uh, a few years ago when Ander Herrera, who was incidentally playing on PSG this time, uh, played that role where he'd sort of covered Eden Hazard and shattered him wherever he went. For that first 30 minutes, McTominay did that, right? Scott McTominay followed Neymar everywhere, you know, obviously considered one or two free kicks. And the crosses were terrible for PSG. PSG, you know, there were a couple of crosses, one of which incidentally lended to someone who should be, cro- uh, came, came out to someone who should be crossing the ball, Kurzawa. Great chance, point blank save from De Gea. Uh, but apart from that, I mean, there was literally no attacking spark from PSG. Uh, is was was this the team that really went to the Champions League finals last year? They they simply drew blanks. I mean, uh, I feel like the midfield, you know, uh, Idris Aguirre and and Dalon Pereira, they're just not fright. The, the names don't spark fear into the opposition. I mean, you look at the Man- Manchester United midfield. I mean, they they started Fred and McTominay the last time they came to Paris, but they're still they're you know Fred is sort of. In and out of the squad, McTominay is a very solid midfielder. I mean, they're, they're, it's not the best midfielder in the world, but you know, when, when Social goes to back three, and you know, Alex Teas had a pretty good game as well. I mean, there's some, there's some solid uh, connections happening there. Uh, I thought Luke Shaw had a really good game at center back. Uh, Alex Teas, you know, I, I feel like this is something Manchester United have lacked for a bit. You know, is a good crosser on the left hand side. And Van Bissaka every now and then does that, but you know, you look, think about the Evras and the, the Rafaels, the Valencias who could cross the ball and sort of get at the opposition. And Van Bissaka is a much more defensive fullback on one side. I mean, great tackles, probably ten, his one of his best performances as a United served from uh, from Van Bissaka. Absolutely pocketed Neymar, uh, and and probably the only you know like bl- a blip. In this Manchester United win was the own goal from Anthony Martial. First, he didn't win the penalty. It was a really stupid challenge by Diallo, and then Keylor Navas stepping off his line, of course. But I just feel like this PSG team, you know, where are they going right now? Uh, they've, they've had a defeat or they lost a couple of times in in Ligue 1 as well. There's a little bit of an inconsistency. I look at the front three, and that front three is probably the front three every team in Europe wants to have. Neymar, uh, you know. He's, he's just a box of tricks. Kylian Mbappe, you blink and he's gone. And Di Maria is just, you know, such a flair player. He's got a lovely crossing ability. And we didn't we just didn't see anything of that. I mean, like, there, yes, there's stats here and there. You know, uh, Di, Maria, uh, Di Maria had a shot which was saved by De Gea. De Gea, I also thought De Gea had a, had a really good game. You could point out five players in that Man United team who probably were man of the match. You know, Axel Twanzibi. Brilliant defensive performance from him. Lindelof, I thought it was one of his more mature performances in a Man United shirt. Marcus Rashford, Fernandez, Fernandez especially as a captain, very very uh, vocal. You know, you know, scored the penalty even after missing the first one. That's what you want to see in a in a leader. Uh, if you're Man United, uh, Rashford scoring the winner, which is a great goal again. Sort of plays back to the the late winner he scored last year against PSG in that three one win. 
So, I mean, there's there's makings of good things happening at United and it was their 10th away win in a row uh, in all competitions. So, they, they would like to keep that go, uh, going when uh, uh, when they go away from home next time. But the problem's always been at Old Trafford under Oli Solskjaer. Just going back to PSG though, that midfield, you know, the sort of money they spend on these players, that midfield has to be a more frightening midfield, right? It's... it's you know, this, the likes of Pereira and Guyet do not strike fear into everyone, uh, into all opponents, like high-class opponents. I, I guarantee you that Bayern team, if they came up against this PSG team again, they would do the same thing that the United defense did, lock up Neymar and Mbappe and then just go berserk at the other end. Uh, I do feel like uh, Kaelin Navas is a good, is a very good goalkeeper. But again, you know, just I this is a problem that Arsenal had. Where are the leaders in the team? I look at Under Herrera. Under Herrera is a leader, right? Under Herrera at United, you know, he was very vocal. You know, he was someone who you could think would have the armband. Not a towering presence, but he's a leader. Is Neymar a leader? I don't think he is. I don't think Neymar is a leader. Demar is not a sort of leader. Uh, neither of the fullbacks are. I look at Kael Navas. Kael Navas is probably the best leader there. But, you know, you look at a lot of other European teams and the sort of leaders they have. You know, Manuel Neuer for Bayern Munich. Um, big towering uh, goalkeepers and center backs all over the all over the continent, and then PSG has no leaders. Uh, so I, I I just feel like Thomas Tuchel has has a couple of things to look at here, and you know he made five substitutions. Uh, Moise Keane came on. I, I thought Moise Keane, you know, he needed a bit more service on the day, uh, and he didn't get that. Uh, but I I just I just. You know, I, this was a great performance in Manchester United. Let's just put it that way. And uh, and and PSG sort of need to they need to do a lot more than they did in this fixture, in the reverse fixture when they go to Old Trafford to sort of get anything out of that game. Because I, I feel like Manchester United, you know, the formation, everything. It just feels like whenever Ali Sosha is on, is uh, you know, is on the hot seat, he sort of pulls out a performance. Uh, you know, and, and and United absolutely run out of the block, come out of the blocks running. Uh, they had a couple of really good chances uh, uh, before the eventual goal and then chances to make it 2-0 within the first half, I think to that deflected Scott McTominay header. And they were a little bit wasteful, Man United, but they got what they deserved in the end. And uh, as I said earlier on, that scoreline should have probably been a bit more one-sided than it actually was. Finally, Barcelona versus Ferenc Suarez. And, uh, you know, uh, Lionel Messi scoring a penalty again. And uh, back on the score sheet in this season's Champions League season, his 16th season in a row where he scored absolutely, ma- absolutely madness from uh, from from the great man, and uh, it's a, it's a great record for him. Um, of course, Ansu Fati, who's also grabbing a lot of headlines, scored their second. Uh, Pedri, a great, uh, great first Champions League goal for him as well. Felipe Coutinho made his way back into the. Into Barcelona, you know, who, who remembers him scoring two against Barcelona for Bayern Munich last year? Uh, and Dembele, it's good, nice to see him getting on the score sheet again. And now you hope him as a player he can sort of be more involved in the squad because I do think when Usman Dembele plays, you know, he's got a he's a really good two-footed player and he can absolutely confuse his defender. So overall, great performance with Barcelona. But I want to talk about Jared Piquet because that was experienced defender sort of dragging. Dragging the attacker down, uh, and stupid red card to be honest from Gerard Piquet. 
and and I do feel that that, that Barcelona defense is probably the most uh, problematic part of their area right now. Um, I think Chinchao had a good game. Frankie De Jong and, and you know obviously Pian- Pjanic playing his first Champions League game for Barcelona. Uh, and Coutinho, that front three is sort of they're gelling together well. You know, it's not the MSN that or the PSG trio right now that everybody wants, but they're sort of getting there and they're gelling together. But that defense, I mean, Longley's contract was extended. PK has been there for a while. I look at all, I, I remember talking about this in one of the previous episodes. The number of old players that that uh, Barcelona do have, you know, now you're, you're, the teams are at a crossroads. They can go out in Europe and look for someone like a Diot Upamecano, who's a great center back, uh, and and sort of bring those uh, you know likes of people in. They do have Samuel Umtiti, of course, uh, Umtiti injured and unavailable. But I just feel like Barcelona as a team right now, you know, their defense is probably their their only enemy minus the goalkeeper. I mean, they have Neto, they have. Uh, of course, I have Mark Andes Ter Stegen, who's who's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but yeah, but it's it's a convincing win for Barcelona, and you know it's nice to from their perspective, nice to see Messi on the on the score sheet, and then Ansu Fati and Pedri. So a lot of youth uh, being involved in the scoring as well, and you know from a Barcelona perspective, and you've seen all these old players sort of play longer than their peaks or put in five out of ten performances. Uh, you know, post their peaks and still somehow keep their squad a place in the squad. Uh, it's nice to see youth get that chance. Of course, it is Hungarian opposition in Ferencvar, so we're not we're not probably the best opponent to sort of use this as a litmus test. But it's it's nevertheless it's a great sign for Barcelona and you know scoring five at home to start off their Champions League campaign. So thank you everyone for listening to the Champions League roundup, our first Champions League match week. This season, uh, and thank you for listening to that's the hat trick. Uh, once again, I'm Iran Sadiq and thank you for listening. Have a great day.